Boys in the Huddle Podcast, it's Ricky, Trey, and Doe back for our fifth episode. What's going on, fellas? Oh, man, ain't nothing, brother. Sitting here, basking in the glory of being a Sixers fan, and, uh, you know, but we'll get into that, you know. Right, so I'm right. I'm good today. Right, we'll get into it. Shout out to Ricky, man. Shout out to Ricky working remote today. Yeah. Got big business going on. Yeah, but Tate Boogie on, you know, a.k.a. Trey. Just check us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We official. SoundCloud still popping if if you're interested. But we out out here. Absolutely. We're going to post the most recent episode on SoundCloud if that works best for you. Uh, But we have the whole catalog on Spotify and Apple. And we want to thank our most recent guest, Mr. Jason Harrigan, Coach Harrigan. 2017 Coach of the Year in Philadelphia, and my man Big Dog Tone Rob. Big Dog Tone mm-hmm. Rob, we owe you an apology. We're going to have to do that one with you again. We were too turned up. It just didn't come off good, but we're going to do something else with you again. <laughs> we appreciate you. You came as a professional. It's on us. Yeah, you killed it. We were, we were trash. <laughs> we were trash. <laughs> too much alcohol and other things. <laughs> what were we, was that around 12 o'clock we did that midnight Stephen uh, A was in the building yeah. yeah 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 that was that was that was a that was a good time <laughs> but for those who don't know just following us Ricky Trey and Doe that's how we that's how we go this is based on the premises around if Ricky Trey and Doe from Boys in the Hood made it out and wanted to start a podcast this is how it would sound and just like this one of the things that you know prompted us to kind of start doing this was there's a lot of middle-aged older gentlemen that talk about sports that never played it that can't relate to the background that can't relate to the culture and I thought it was time for us to talk about us so that's why we started doing this thing. And right. from what I recall, I remember hearing something where they said there was only 15 sports columnists in the United States of America that were black. 15. I think one of them was Stephen A. and one of them was Michael Wilbon. And they don't, they're not columnists anymore. So that probably brings it down a bit. <laughs> so... <laughs> We wanted to make sure when our voice was heard. We wanted to make sure people could relate to uh, talking about sports the way we talk about it. And I think we've inspired a few people to say, "Hey, they want to do the same thing." Hey, I hope I wish you the most success. Just make sure you give us some props and some and of the kids out you. there. I like that. I like that. I think I think the feedback's been positive so far. Um, you know, we hope that the fan base continues to grow. I don't even want to use the word fans. Just say listeners. Yeah, listeners. You know, listeners to people's yeah. and, uh, you know, continue to tune in. Absolutely. If we don't – how about not having the listeners grow, right? We want the huddle to grow. That's all. We need I like more that. boys in the huddle. I like you that. Know? We need a few more boys and, and, and boys and girls in the huddle. Come on in, man. We got room. Absolutely. Got room. Subscribe. Comment on Instagram. We're about to get a few other the socials popping, so feel free. We all a family. I'm hearing the DMs is popping too, man. No, 
We're going to have to relax. We ain't going to talk about murder, eh? Sideline, Sideline. We're not going to talk about none of the DMs. All right. But, um, <laughs> but just to segue a bit, you know, one person that we grew up idolizing, we grew up watching, that was a big part of our childhood, is Mr. Allen Iverson. Mm. Mr. Allen Iverson. The answer. Round of applause for Chuck. Round of applause for Mr. Allen Iverson. No doubt. So, I mean, Allen Iverson is a curious case. So let's let's go through the curious case of Mr. Allen Iverson because we spoke about most of the people that were covering him didn't look like him, right? Yeah. Most of the people covering him didn't come from his background. Just real quick, do y'all think that he was covered responsibly, fairly through his years uh, in the Philadelphia network? That's a good question. That's a a great question. That's a great question. I think it depends on... So I think it kind of depends on where you start with it, right? So, I mean, obviously... You know, the like you say, said earlier, right, sports writers, beat writers, they don't look like us. Um, they don't sound like us or speak like us. But there were some major Iverson uh, 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 lovers, you know, in, in the press. I mean, Dee Lynham, you know, who we all know, she, she loved Allen. Uh-huh. Loved Allen. Still speaks his praises to this day. You know, now, does that, I don't think she represents the... Uh, the, the the whole or the way that that everything went, you know. But uh, and you had Stephen A. Stephen A. was there at the time. I was gonna say I say I would say Stephen A. by far was probably the best one in the mainstream. He, I guess before he became mainstream on ESPN, he was he was in local Philly sports, so he had a little bit of a special connection right. with AI. Right. Um, and I think right. I, I think D Lineham is a good shout out, Ron. I, I do agree with that. D definitely kept it consistent with trying to represent him in the best light. And I think, I mean, people forget about Pat Croce. He wasn't media, but, you know, he was like another Philly person that was definitely an AI supporter and always kind of understood AI and his background a little bit to understand what what they were getting on on the TV. I I agree, but, you know, I remember stories of hearing about how he had, you know, dozens of cars that they would just get repossessed. He wouldn't pay for any of them. And was the media, you know, the way they covered those type of things, you know, I was probably in the eighth, ninth grade when these things were going on. And that creates this perception of this guy. Um, And, you know, I think he didn't have that social, he wasn't exposed to how these things were supposed to go. He probably thought somebody was paying the bill or he may have thought that, the car was already fully paid for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if right, you grow right, up right. in a certain environment, you know, you're not exposed and you're not you're not trained to understand how these things work. Were they irresponsible or should somebody had stood up and said, Hey, this is probably why this guy is 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 moving this way. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't he, he came from this specific background. Maybe somebody should reach out to this brother and try to figure out what's going on. So that's interesting. I would say is the question, I don't know if that's the media's responsibility. Um, I definitely right. think right. It, it strikes another question of 
who was like his inner circle, who was his mentors. Like he, he gives a lot of praise to Larry Brown and, and Coach Thompson. So, you know, like who were the people that were in his inner circle to guide him? But who was that guy? Greg Moore? Is that his name? Uh, 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 Greg. I know who you're talking about. I think his name is Greg Moore, I believe. Mm. It may not be Moore, but Greg, the OG that he had around him, if you saw the 30 for 30s, yeah. if you yeah, saw Uncle his documentary, Greg. Uncle Greg, seemed to be the guy that was a presence in his life. But, you know, everybody knows I've had my own experience with Mr. Iverson, a.k.a. Bubba Chuck. I don't know if everybody knows about that. I mean, everybody that knows me knows. Right. So, you know... We can we 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 can spell this out. We can kind of kind of look at this from a, a piece it out from piece to piece basis. So I went to Hampton University, the real HU, and you um, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to Hampton University. I went there for a year, but that's still home. I graduated from Temple, um, so I had a, a few run-ins with Allen Iverson at both schools from a Hampton perspective. And from a temple perspective, so my Hampton interaction with Iverson was beautiful. It, it, and Ron, you know, I got the phrase "What's yeah. happening, Cat Daddy?" Where I get that from? Oh yeah, I got that oh, from yeah. Ed, Bubba yeah. Chuck, because when yeah, I was yeah. out there on, yeah. on the campus at the harbors, A would be on the scooters riding around. You come up, you come up to you with like, "What's happening, Cat Daddy?" Give you that. Yeah, sure. It was love. It was beautiful. As a young kid, especially coming from the Philadelphia area, right. and now I'm out here in Hampton, I'm like, oh man, this that's that's dope. He actually took the time to come over, give me dad, and say what's happening, cat daddy. So that became my vocabulary as we went on. Right. And then yes, there was sir. a chick at Hampton. We used to call her the CLK bitch. That's what we called her. Excuse my French, but that's what we called her. She was the CLK bitch. <laughs> Female listeners, stay with us. <laughs> And, All he's doing is, is, and she was bad. She was tough. She was tough. But everybody knew that was that was Bubba Chuck's girl. Yeah, I'm sure he had a few others, but he ain't by nobody else, no CLK. So, you know, that was my experience with him out there in Hampton. It was beautiful. Still representing the Sixers. I was kind of questioning why he was in Hampton and not in Philly working out. But that's a whole <laughs> nother story. Shout out to Ben Simmons <laughs> hanging in, in California all damn summer. to be with your team. Working out. We didn't just dry snitch on Bubba Chuck, did we? Hey, she knows. Oh, we didn't say anything, she, Dante. Jesus. What's her name? Juanita? No, no. Man, we stopping right there. Cut it out. <laughs> What's her name? What's that? I think, I think that's correct. Starts Toronto. with a T. Nah. Tawana. Tawana. Tawana, Tawana right. she's aware. Clearly, she left him and came back. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what happened. Mm. See, he had a CLK chick. But um, years go by, I see Chuck. I see Chuck at, um, they had NBA Wednesdays in Philadelphia. So we threw a party at the NBA Wednesdays. Something that I've never seen before a day in my life. Allen Iverson, Bubba Chuck is in a club. There was a single foul line that stretched to the door of women wanting to talk to him. It was the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. I've seen this before. And <laughs> he talked to one chick the whole time. And the, all, the rest of them just waited there. 
It was crazy. Mm. And then even the chick that he was talking to the whole time must have been a homie from back in the day because she wasn't. She wasn't a ten. She, she, she wasn't a ten. Gotcha. She wasn't a ten. But the <laughs> fact that he made all the rest of the tens wait in line and they never got to speak to him was crazy. So we throw in the party. We got the DJ booth. We got everything going on. And his peoples, you know, niggas was hustling back in the day. We had the chronic. His peoples was trying to get some weed. And you would have thought that they was AI, the way they were acting. It was out of control. And I think back in those days, we used to hear the stories of his crew. I think they popped somebody in the foot or something crazy like that. But either way, the night goes on. The party was a success. Iverson was there. And afterwards, he's outside chilling with his Bentley. And then me and my man, Kurt McGirt, we used to do the parties. He was big time in Hampton. We used to do the parties at Temple. And... We say, all right, we're going to try to do something at Hampton for the softball game. Because for those that don't know, Bubba Chuck used to do the celebrity softball game out in Hampton. So nobody wanted to approach him. I said, all right, mm. I'm going to go ahead and approach him. This is an opportunity well, how wouldn't you? to make some money. Right. What's up, Cat Daddy? What's happening, Cat Daddy? Yeah. Remember What's me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the scooters and shit. <laughs> CLK. Remember me? I used to, I used to talk to CLK chick too. Remember me? It was both of ours. Mm. <laughs> but so I go up to him and I say, actually it was his bodyguard. He was I was like, yo, I want to talk to A for a second. And he was like, go ahead. So I was like, all right, cool. He's just chilling. I'm like, yo, hey, what's going on? Went to Hampton. You know, this party you was at tonight, that was our thing. And I know you got the celebrity basketball thing going on out in Hampton. Me and my man went to Hampton. You know, we want to see if we could do the after party to your celebrity softball joint. That man looked at me and said, man, fuck Hampton and everything in Hampton. Matter of fact, fuck you. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Spicy. Eesh. Hurt my heart. I said, I said, no doubt. <laughs> As you should. With a nigga in front of his bodyguard. <laughs> I should have right. fucking hooked off on him. Mm. I'd have got a lawsuit. Podcast might not have made it today. It wouldn't no, but I would have been a millionaire. I'd have been a fuck a podcast. I'd have been balling. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you would have lived. <laughs> I should have lived. There was a lot of people out there. Right. Right. That's funny. So I tell that story just basically a lot of people love to to hear me tell that story. I never thought it was funny, but people seem to get a kick out of it. For Nigga, some that's just hilarious. <laughs> Oh, nigga, it's still funny <laughs> right now. Still funny. But I've, I'm just glad I've that come you're up, over it. I've, I've I'm, like, I'm just glad that you're over it, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm over it. Before I'm you keep it. going. Then, yeah, because there was a time when bringing up Chuck's name, you know, was a it might have brought on a few cuss words your way. You know right. Said, fuck him. Right. And fuck you. We don't you. fuck with him. Fuck yeah, him and fuck yeah, you. No, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, fuck him and fuck you. Yeah, I'm and, and, once, and, but once, I, go ahead. You know, I'm saying I, 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 I remember when the tide changed. I don't remember what it was that actually made the tide change, but you know, I, 
you know, we were talking and I was kind of like a little hesitant, like, yeah, you know, I mean, fuck, I know you don't really fuck with him and all that, but, uh, yeah, man, they, they talking about, you know, your boy might be going to the Hall of Fame. Who you, who my boy? Hey, yeah. Oh, no, I'm good with him. I'm good with him. You know what I'm saying? So that, that made it easier for me to have a conversation with, about him with you. You know what I mean? Right. I love it. It's interesting. I think Philly covered a lot, covered up a lot of shit with him, though. I remember, I don't know if y'all remember this story, but whatever personal shit he had going on with his wife, I remember the story when we was kids. He with kicked, his uncle. He kicked her out the crib, and yeah. then he, he ran yeah. down on somebody in North Philly with the hammers. And, and, then that, and then that nigga was in the starting lineup like Wednesday. Like, <laughs> but they didn't cover that up. That was a story. We yeah. all knew about it. But he didn't go to jail or nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, but he had that wild ass mugshot though. He, he had did that have, wild mugshot. Right. That was a wild mugshot. Right. And then, you know, I brought up the Hampton story because I had those personal encounters with him, but I also knew people at Hampton that I was friends with that were from Hampton, and one in particular was a brother that. His mother was a, a lawyer in the uh, the bowling alley case. You guys know about the bowling alley case. Right. And right. he had that big thing that went on in Hampton. And, and in hindsight, maybe that's why he said fuck Hampton and everything in Hampton. Maybe that's why, that? you know, he had that type of feeling towards that town. That'd be because legitimate. he's from Newport News. He's not technically from Hampton, but Bethel, the high school he went to, is in Hampton. So... You know, maybe that's how why he feels that way. And after watching the thirty for thirty and the Which documentary that he did, right? Yeah, I got yes. to I got a better understanding of who he is and maybe why he had certain flaws. And how can you blame this guy for having these right. particular flaws? Mm -hmm. Right. And right. then, um, so the, the the particular person I'm talking about at Hampton, his mother was a lawyer in that Bolinelli case. He told me that Iverson was coming over for dinners. He was like part of the family for months. And when he got let off, and his mother was a big part of him being let let off after spending some time in jail for that case, they never heard from him again. Now, what do y'all think about that? Like, this lady, they didn't get a thank you card. They didn't get anything. They just, he just a ghost into the night. After all the help that they, they, they provided for him, got him out of prison, and he was spending yeah, time having dinners. Yeah, it's not here's, good. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say to that, though, right? We also have to remember that AI was, what, 18, 17, 18 17, years 18. old, man? Yeah. You know? So 17, 18 years old, I mean, you're, you're, you're a kid. You're a kid. You know, you, you don't necessarily know uh, uh, what the protocol is. Right. Something that we think is is very simple. Right. Especially when we think that it's simple and, and we're in our right minds, so to speak. Right. This guy just went through a a This kid, excuse me, this child just went through a traumatic experience. Right. right? It's like, look, I, I got off of this. I just want to get the fuck out of here. I want to get out of here. I want to get away from this. I, I, I need I need to, I need my own space. Right, right. And no. I, right, I agree with you. I think, and I think that's what creates the fuck Hampton mentality. You 18 or whatever, you just got through like a life changing event with, with, with whatever went down in Hampton with that in the bowling alley. And now you got your eyes set on DC and Georgetown and like continuing right. your life with the goal of making it, making it big in the NBA. You probably just want to get the fuck out of there, but you also might not have. I feel like he probably doesn't have like a male mentor or something just to just 
tell them man, law, and code, and honor, integrity, things like that. Well, to that point, I think that's very interesting because I put it on, definitely don't want to talk about anybody's mother, but if you saw in the 30 for 30 documentary, he was left at home for nights at a time, it seemed mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So if you're not equipped with those tools, you can't really fault, especially as Ron said, a young kid, for not knowing what the protocol right, what is to in do. that position. Right, right. 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 And, you right. know, at a certain point, you do have to take accountability. You do have to take responsibility. And I think real quick, a story that I heard about LeBron James, somebody I work with is from Akron. And she grew up, you know, in her high school years, early college in the restaurant business. So when LeBron first got to Cleveland with the Cavaliers, she said his first two years, he never tipped. She worked at the restaurant. Mind you, clearly this man has millions and millions of dollars. He never tipped. So he didn't know. Another restaurant that he would frequent came up to him and said, this is the last night you can come here. This is the story she told me. This is the last night that you can come here. And he didn't know why. And he said, Mm. I stay open late for you. I stay open when we're not even supposed to be open and you have not once tipped my staff. Mm. And that's when a light bulb went off. He didn't know. He didn't know. She yeah. said he went out and, and and went from waitress to waitress and gave them all $200. And ever since yeah. then, he's been a great tipper. He didn't mm. know. He didn't know. Yo, that's a great story. You hear that, LaShawn McCoy? That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, when I heard that, and, and and she's she's a white female, and I told her, I was like, you know what? I doubt his mother was taking him out, and he saw that behavior as he was growing up as an adolescent in the restaurant. He didn't know. And she agreed. She was like, I didn't never blame. She was like, at first it was a thing, and she's like through the years they kind of understood that maybe he probably just didn't know because after the yeah. the light bulb went off. He was a great tipper. This is why I don't, right. I, it's interesting. I mean, it's this is why I don't go out to dinner with certain friends because yeah. <laughs> some some yeah. some some homies will, will keep don't them nameless. Know etiquette. They don't know the etiquette, right? And it's very yeah. understandable if you grow up and, and you know you're coming from a po- impoverished background, and your mother or, or even if the father is in the household, if that's not a tradition. Like going out on the weekends and and going to the restaurant, and you seeing your parents tip, you will have no idea. Right. I'm confused now about a lot of this tipping. They got the tips at Jersey Mike's now. I don't understand. <laughs> Jer- Jersey Mike's got a chill. They got a they got a chill. You getting you got a salary. You getting paid hourly, right? What, what the fuck? <laughs> what a tip at the Jersey Mike's now. Everybody wants a tip. So if you didn't right. grow well, up knowing all that, why don't why don't I tip the girl that's making my, my hoagie at Wawa, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But just to reel it back in, understand. I understand why, uh, you know, they have these issues because they weren't equipped. They weren't taught growing up. And, you know, the fact, but once you do know, once you do have that lesson, then it's up to you to right. be responsible and take it To make amends. So and I think LeBron did do that. But I feel like maybe Iverson didn't because then that story came out in the USA Today 
about Bubba Chuck, and they they said a lot of crazy, outlandish things about him leaving his kids in a hotel uh, for the whole weekend and just leaving them there to themselves and coming back when it was time for their mother to pick them up. Like, as a man, you know, you know that ain't right. If that is true, yeah, you know that's not right. Yeah, I mean, as a father, that's something that's hard. I can't even imagine or process that. So that's that's wild. So this is yeah, time. but Go ahead. it's also hard to take a. It's also hard to to take everything that's said in the in the media, you know, uh, uh, as truth. You know, what one thing I will also say about that too is that so. Just doubling back to the to the fact that the sports reporters and the sports writers, not just in Philadelphia, but you know, all over across the nation, really, AI was an enigma, right? He AI was the first. He he, he had a lot of firsts with him, right? First guy out there with 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 uh, tattoos everywhere. He started right. that trend, you know. The cornrows, he did that, right? I'm I'm a rapper. He did that. Right, I, I, I know we know that Shaq did it too, but a little bit different, you know, a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, um, AI got but, but children again, today. With Kawhi Leonard said that was his favorite player. LeBron right, said right. that's his favorite player. So we yeah. understand his influence on the players today. Right. So yeah. So what I'm saying is that he he was an enigma to 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 the to the sports media simply because. He didn't look like your prototypical superstar, nor did he talk like one, nor did he walk like one, right? So you got this little guy, right? That isn't he's, his 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 presence. While his stature is small, his presence was large, right? And they probably couldn't understand how did this guy have so much power, right? Um, um, right. Over all of these people, right? Over all of these people, like we go into these stadiums, and all right. of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see these people. We see these people with cornrows. We see these kids. Right. They, these are kids that we would have never talked to. Clearly, clearly, Richard Hamilton should not have had cornrows. We know that. <laughs> I mean, no, right? But neither should Stevie Wonder. But we're not going to talk about that, and we're not going to say Stevie was yo, influenced relax by Relax on Stevie. You got to. That's disrespect. Don't disrespect yo, don't be, Stevie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard Hamilton, though? No. That stop, big ass head. Stop me when I'm lying. <laughs> nah, nah, but you know well, what? Well, in that case, keep going, my man. You know exactly. what I'm but, I mean, hey, but shout out, shout out to Richard Hamilton, but you know who else? If we just going to go there, right? Donovan McNabb. I don't know if y'all remember. He had <laughs> uh, Don't talk about Nigga. five. <laughs> Oh no, we gonna talk. If you could talk about Stevie, we can talk about five. He's you know right about that. That's a fact. Good point. Yeah, five had cornrows too, and so for that, I blame you, AI. All right, <laughs> I, you know, I blame you for that. You know what I mean? But right. I mean, again, right. the fact of the matter is just that the media it was it was very difficult for them to understand. AI, and he didn't make it easy. Why? Because exactly. he, he, mm-hmm. no, I, this is me. This is me. I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't have to conform, right? And you guys are going to find me for for not wearing a suit. That's cool. Find me. I got money. AI I got money. AI I was the this. one that came out there and said NBA players are corny. 
<laughs> You're right. Like, and like, I res- he was. You know I, what though? That's like the drug dealer that back in the '80s and rappers. Rappers are corny, right? He's just saying rappers are corny, right? That's right. when Rich and, and A and Peter Shoe. I don't be no rapper. Rappers are corny, <laughs> right? I'm, right. I'm a hustler, right? Right. So yeah. I remember he used to say that. So he definitely didn't. He and he always traveled with his with his original homies, which for me personally, I always respected that. It's but with that, one hundred. But with that, to what we talk about he's not gonna pick up on etiquette and all that shit for, right. if he's hanging around his homies to right. be honest so right. you know that's that's yeah he's not going to the restaurant and putting a napkin on his on his on his on his lap nah they was banned yeah, they was banned a- they were banned from from restaurants in the city I remember <laughs> City Line <laughs> Avenue but not Fridays the Fridays they were never banned at Friday they eventually did no, they were open welcome with they open did no, I don't know about that oh, okay I don't know if they were ever banned from Friday that was Bubba Chuck AI Allen Iverson. I used spot. to see him in there. <laughs> you better believe it. Everybody knows you want to. If you, you want to find Allen Iverson, he was at the Fridays on City Line. That's a fact. That's a fact. Dead ass serious. Yes, Lord. But just to tie a bow on all of this, Bubba Chuck Allen Iverson definitely icon in, in the city. Definitely influence on our our upbringing, our childhood of sports heroes. And for a guy that never practiced, because he didn't, we ain't taking no shots. <laughs> he didn't practice. He didn't work out. And he was still that phenomenal for maybe 10 years. Maybe eight, right. maybe nine. But phenomenal. Just think if he did. Jesus Christ. Just think if yeah. he did. Just give that some He horn. might still be out there playing. Just give a horn. If Allen Iverson actually trained. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Man. But to to tie up on all of this, how much do you guys put on Allen Iverson? How much do you put on the media? Because he'll say he was not portrayed properly. Should he have taken more accountability? Should the media have maybe tried to understand more of where he came from? Or is it a mute point altogether? I think, in my opinion, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tay. I'm gonna jump in after you because I think we're getting ready to say the exact same thing. But I want to hear your take first. Okay, for me as a black man in America, I would say it's a moot point, and I would, if I had to put it out of the way, it's on him. At the end of the day, you can't expect anybody to explain your story better than you. Mm, You gotta own it. You gotta be accountable. And you can't you can't put the blame on anyone else but yourself. Mm. You know you're responsible for your own message getting out there. Mm. So okay, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 in the same uh, the same camp. Like at the end of the day, it's a it's a moot point. It it it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know I mean it doesn't matter. AI, AI has told his story the way that he wants it to be told. If he did it any other way, then we wouldn't be calling him AI. We might be calling him Michael Jordan, and nobody looks up to Michael Jordan. And, you, and you know what I'll say AI what he did do was he did he, he did it his way we all know that he did it his way but yeah. how much did that help the young black youth with the dress code yeah. and how he showed up how much did that did that help I mean we saw Kawhi Leonard as his favorite player and things like that but how much do you think that helped the young kids to as they were things. going up so I mean you can look at it two ways they could say, I'm going to be me and I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm still going to prosper and I'm still going to be successful, but I'm going to do it how I want to do it and not conform. And there's some respect yeah. to that. But at the yeah. same time, some people may have looked at it 
from another perspective and it may hurt a young black man. Yeah, but here's so here's the thing though, right? And this is this is where I think sometimes we as I hate this phrase, but we as a people, right? I think that sometimes this is where, where we as a people kind of kind of get lost. It's not on everybody, right? It's not on everybody to to be a role model. It's not on everybody to take a social stance, right? We AI was in. A, we have to remember that's a different time frame as well, right? That's a different time frame as well. But it's not for everybody to 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 stand socially. At the end of the day, it comes back down to the very very basic things of you know, your parents have to tell you what's right, right. and what's wrong. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We can't we can't put that we can't put the onus on, on AI. No. If you if your son or daughter is looking for AI to tell him how to do great in school, well then you're looking in the wrong place anyway. Right. If you want to know how to give him that crossover, well then that's who you go look for. Right. In the words you of know, Charles so, Barkley, I am not a role model, right? Mm, another Philadelphia group. Yeah, yeah. Just because I make a million dollars, I can't I can't automatically be a role model in and and a, a vehicle for social change. Right. Now, are there are there certain you know you and and here's something that that my sister always says to me too, right? In any situation, in any situation, and in any uh uh, uh you know uh, conflict or or whatever it is, right? When you talk to somebody or when you're when you're idolizing somebody or looking up to somebody, what you do is whatever they're giving you, right? You take the meat, throw the bones. Right. So, so with AI, right, the meat is, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them. Right. That's the meat. Now, the bones are, well, yeah, you, but maybe you're not doing it the right way. Right. So as a, as a person that, that you look up to that and you idolize it, it's, well, you know what? I'm going to go in here and, and maybe, maybe the job that I'm doing, right, maybe they're telling me I should do it X, Y, Z. Nah, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way, which is A, B, C. And I'm going to get it done better and more efficient. Right on. And so, so let's uh, let's just tie a bow on this thing, man. Let's tie a bow on this thing. AI, we love you. We respect you. No doubt. Um, okay. You know, you, you're still an icon in the city. You're still an icon in the culture. If you can do a little bit more, everybody can always do a little bit more. And we hope to see more mm. from you in the future. So let's give a, a round of applause okay. to Mr. Allen. <laughs> But a great way to segue is now we just got the news. We are all Sixers fans here. Ooh. We got we got a new acquisition. There's a new 23. Mr. Landry oh. Shamit. Shamit, is that his name? Give up your jersey, nigga. The Matt. You think he's going to give it up? <laughs> nigga, please. <laughs> That's not even a conversation. <laughs> well, I don't know. If I was Mr. Shamit, I may say, nigga, you got to give me a few thousand for that. But that's a whole nother story. But who are we talking about? We're talking about Mr. Jimmy Butler. Welcome to the city, Mr. Jimmy. What up, though, Jimbo? Thank you. Leave that bully shit in Minnesota, nigga. Yeah, you can't bring that to Philly. The Broad Street bully is already come and gone. We don't need another one. We need somebody to come in as a veteran and be a... Somewhat of a leader because I think Embiid is still his team. But what do y'all think? What do y'all think about this this acquisition? Is Jimmy Butler make the Sixers any better than they were a few hours ago? This is 
This is, this Hell is the question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a better team, definitely. So you lose Saric, Saric and, 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 and Rocco, who, who, you know, they gave sixes good minutes, but I would say they were carryover of, you know, the players that, you know, weren't great that played their way into starting positions on a Sixers roster that was that was tanking before. So, you know, I think the addition to Jimmy is great, but I think we still need some shooters personally. I hope there's more moves to be had. I think Kyle Korv is still available out there, so that's somebody to keep your eye on. You know, um, because they definitely don't have no shooters if we're relying on Markel Fultz, but we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I don't know, Ron, what you think about Jimmy Buckets in the city? Jimmy Buckets in the city is is one of the best things that's happened to us. You know, since uh, since we realized that we had two superstars and not just one. Hold on, hold on. Did y'all right. just name him that, or was he always named Jimmy Buckets? Did y'all just give him that shit? I think I heard it before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm... <laughs> I look. I don't. I don't it's Jimmy Buckets, nigga. Don't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Stop doing your job and just we going with Jimmy Buckets, nigga. You I'm know just what I mean? trying to say but, uh, if we coined him, then I want it to be known that we coined him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, then, well, then guess what? You're damn right we did. All right? Show me proof. Until they show us proof, then we coined them. So like I was saying, uh, with us having Buckets, now we have a legitimate three superstars on the team. We have, and, and, and we relax, have what we... Relax on the super. Just stars. Not super. Embiid's a superstar. Okay. Embiid is Embiid a superstar. Embiid is a superstar. The rest are just stars. I agree with that. All right. Proceed. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. And continue. <laughs> I shall ride and go. So, you know what I'm saying? We have three stars out there on the floor. Um, we have something that we didn't have before, which is a guy that can take you off the dribble, Get to the hole. He can pull up. He can hit a 15-footer. He can hit a 23-footer. He can right. score from anywhere on the floor. It doesn't matter. If you put the, Who do you want taking a shot at the end of the game? See, what happens is we've, been, we've gotten to the point where at the end of the game, if it isn't J.J. Redick taking the three, it's our center taking yeah. the three That's to win fact. the game. Right. That's a fact. Right. Too much on it. How can we can't, we, we, can't, we can't win like that. Right, so this guy is going to take a lot of pressure off JoJo. Right, it's going to force Ben to have to work his tail off this summer because Ben, you got to be able to hit the shot when when Jimmy has the ball and he's commanding that double team as he's driving and he kicks. You got to be able to hit the shot, and don't, it gives Markel Fultz somebody no. to look up to. But oh, no, so, no, no. so 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 now you got to pay Jimmy the max if you want to keep him. Right, he's probably going to demand right, the max. Right, one ninety. Where does that where does that leave Markel Fultz? Where, if I'm Markel Folks and I see this move, what do you think that's telling him? Markel Folks better be in the gym with Jimmy all summer. I don't want to see any of these workout yeah. videos with your homies in L.A. I don't want to see none of that. Right. You need to right. follow right. the right. leader. He's he's an established veteran. If you're serious about your game, own it, nigga. Like, follow, what, follow the star. He's going to get that long-term yeah. right. contract. If you... Ever right, want to grow right. in this league? Here's right. the time to humble right. yourself. Forget about the number one pick. Forget about all right. that shit. Forget about the yeah, math. That's over. Right. Forget about Washington. Yep. We don't give a fuck. Matter of fact, cut yep. that hair right. while you add it too. Yeah, you know, he looks goofy. Yeah, he looks, looks real goofy. But follow yeah. Jimmy Butler and you'll and, and get better. Because I think the talent is yeah. there. I might be the only right. one. I still I'm still rooting for the kid. I think the no, talent I, is I there. I think everybody's rooting for him. But how much do we really believe that it's going to happen? I'm not. I'm not he, that confident. He showed us nothing to believe him. He's showing flashes. 
Yeah, he's shown he's over shown over flashes. the past week. He's shown flashes. Oh, just over the past week, he's shown flashes. Going going okay. to the whole strong and and, and and looking, you know, looking like oh no, somebody better, y'all better get out the way. So he's shown flashes. He's already athletic. You, 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 you know, know and that 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 gives him something there. You know what kills me though, Ron, with him, and this is what I look at, like it's the small things. For him to be as athletic and and have the agility and the speed that he has and the quickness, he is trash on defense. I need to see you oh, lock, yes. lock down and give yes. me something on defense if you're scared to pull up from three and if you got a, a right. jump shot that still looks a little weird. Like, right. I'm willing to like yeah. look past that if you give me that passion and that intensity on yeah. defense. And he's a liability on defense, which doesn't make sense given the tools that he has. But let me ask you all this. Mike Collins he... making him look foolish a couple times tonight, blowing right but, past. Right. Well, he's mm-hmm. the number one pick in the draft. I've seen the workouts that they put these players through. There's no way he was shined. It's no way he shined in the workout where they felt that they had to move up and draft this guy. I don't understand. I don't understand that. That's why Danny Ainge acted the way he did when they wanted Crazy. to do that trade. Danny Ainge yeah. saw that there was blood in the water and he and he and he seized the opportunity. I always yeah. thought it was weird when the when the Celtics came out and said, "We feel confident that we're going to get the player that we want at number one or number three. Right. That's why we're willing to trade." Clearly, that was a, it wasn't Mark. That was a red flag to me when he said that, and he said it very yeah. confidently. And now we see why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Ainge actually, Danny Ainge should get. An Emmy, an Oscar, and a Tony. <laughs> and a Tony. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, and a Tony. Because he sang and shook the shit out of everybody in the Philadelphia uh, uh, offices. Well said. You know, he, he, you know, he got him. He got him. So, yeah, I, I, I want a round of applause for Danny Ainge for fucking round over the Philadelphia. Round of applause. Yeah. Danny, yeah. Danny Ainge. Even though we hate you, we respect you. A Boston well, you understand? Yeah. <laughs> I respect him. <laughs> Fuck that. But let me let me let me let me ask y'all now. So now that Roco, who you know, that's your man, and Sarich are gone, <laughs> those are two starters. It's going to be interesting now. Who is the starting five? Oof, oof! I wasn't ready for that. Me either. I'm a tight. So now- hold on, hold on. Let's rephrase the question. Who is the right starting five, or who's the starting five that the Sixers is going to put out there? We give us both. All right. So let me start this one, Ron, and you fill in where I'm wrong at. So obviously, Embiid is at the five. You're going to throw Ben in there. I don't know if he's a one or a four, but we'll we'll go back to that. Um, and then Butler is a three or a two. We'll have to get back to that. So then this is where it gets tricky because it should be JJ. JJ should be the two guard. Right. So then it becomes a question of who's your three? So are they going to play with like. The Wilson Chandler, who, who is now back. Wilson Chandler's back. Um, I think Mascala is injured now, but he would have probably been the mm. the three pointer that they would have been looking for. Was Mascala a three or four? He was like yeah. a he was a quasi three or four. I think he's more four. But they, they like yeah. him though. He, 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 he can hit a the broken three. nose. He'll be back soon. He can hit the three. Um, so if it's not Wilson Chandler, then I don't know who. Interesting. Yeah, it's so. I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's my what I think. Right. So it is. So you're essentially though you're going to have two lineups, right? But for all intents and purposes, Ben is going to be playing. We still will. He's going to be at the four. We'll call Ben being at the four. 
right? You're going to have, obviously, Jimmy's out there, Joel's out there, right? If you start Markel, that's fine. It's either going to have to be Muscala or Amir Johnson. Ew. That's nasty. I'm just telling you. You know yeah, what? But you that's know what? what you got. Now that you, now, now that you guys are saying this, I feel like the starting five should be they'll go from, from, from big to small, then beat at the five, Muscala at the four, then at the three, what it should be, Jimmy at the two, and you gotta go with Markel at the one. He's gotta he's gonna have to be that point guard. But honestly, he's gonna have to be better at point. Because you're gonna have JJ at that firepower off the bench. But you know who I actually yep. like? I like oh, Shamit. Shamit, I was gonna say I like Shamit. I was gonna say I think oh, Shamit might actually end up being in the starting lineup. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a true point guard. And yeah. the thing about it is I don't know what his range is. I don't know about his shot. I haven't seen enough. No, that's, oh, that's his strength. His he strength is his shot. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually I think, think he's more a two guard. I don't know if he's a point guard. He was a point guard yeah. in college. Yeah. I know that. But I feel like Shamet is probably better than Markel. I'm going to be honest. That's my opinion. I think he might be better than Markel, folks. Well, I, I'll say this, though. I mean, we can trash Markel all day for reasons that are obvious. The bottom line is Ben Simmons needs to, you know, stop you know, stop peeing, sitting down, and shoot a fucking jump shot. Right. Seriously. Right. Seriously. Man up, shoot a jump he, shot. He does. He does. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. But it, I, honestly, the, the right starting five for what I've seen is Shamet, Raddick, Simmons, Mascala, I'm sorry. Let me let me back that up. I'm sorry. I forgot we just yeah. got Jimmy. Uh, yeah, buckets. <laughs> How you forget buckets? Shemet, Jimmy, Ben at the three, Mascala at the four, and Embiid at the five. I think that's what it yep. needs to be. I like it. I like it. I like it. And, and, Firepower and, 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 off the bench with folks and and Reddick. Yep. Well, I'm yep. glad we got Jimmy, but uh, you know, it yeah. would have been a lot easier if we had Zion, because that kid's amazing. Oh boy, oh boy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the NCAA, NCAA just started, you know, and that's something that I don't know how you guys do. You guys typically get excited about the NCAA? Of course, mm. once March comes. <laughs> and you got to fill out your bracket at work. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, uh, okay, what do I do after I talk about Duke and Kentucky? Who's next? Because I don't know the rest of these. But things. you know, back in the day, you know, we get we got excited about uh, the start of the basketball the season box. because you know it was guys that you remembered from the year before. But we don't get that anymore. I used to look at University of Rhode Island games back in the day. Yeah, because you knew there was, was, was Tyson Wheeler. Tyson know. Wheeler. Tyson right. Wheeler was there. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember. Catino was there. Uh, we know about Shout you. out to Lamar Odom before Lamar the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, we got excited. Cool we, we got excited about It's not a family podcast. This is for the niggas. <laughs> Fuck you, me and the ladies. Strictly for the niggas. This is for the niggas. Shout out to JB. My bad. But you know, we got excited about these guys back in the day, and 
I don't know if we get that anymore, but when I saw this kid Zion Williams on the court, I was truly, truly impressed. And the other guy, what's his name, R- Barrett? RJ Barrett. Oh my god. I was more I was actually more interested. Well, they're both nice, but he surprised me. Barrett is better today, but Zion has the highest ceiling. Hell yeah. And easily. What I was impressed with wasn't really the dunks because we saw all the YouTube clips going on for a few years. It was really the passing. The vision. It was really the passing, the way he would just start to break. I mean, as much as if, if you guys are outsiders looking in, you don't know how hard a bounce pass on the break is to do. Right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All you, like a a fl- lot of a things have to motion. go right. A lot of things have to go right for that ball to land up, to land in that next guy's hands. That was a one-hand bounce pass off the dribble. Phenomenal. <laughs> but the thing is... By a 285-pound man-child. <laughs> right. That's what I was about to say. He's, He's an athletic Julius Randle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that might be a slight. That might be a slight. Hey, man. He's an athletic Z, Z, Zach Randall. Zero. Exactly. It's, a, it's all from the same tribe. But you know, I saw Jalen Rose and Steven, they were going back and forth. Did y'all see that about if Zion, Zion could play on the Fab Five? I, I saw Jalen talk about that. But what Jalen did say that I really thought was interesting, if Zion entered the NBA today, he'd be the second heaviest player in the league at 285. At 19 right. years old, that's gotta be a concern. Like we can't always we can't already crown this kid. We done we done seen this before. We seen elite college players that don't translate. Do you guys think that it can translate to the NBA? That's the first question. And if it can, should he even have to be at Duke right now? What's the fat kid that always be dancing? Lil Terrio? Is that his name? <laughs> you gotta relax. You comparing no. No, no, I'm not comparing him. It's just that when you described him as the fattest, if he would join the league, he's, he's not. The sec- it's not about he's fat. He's the second. He just weighs. He'd be, he'd be the heaviest. I mean, I'm, saying, I'm not saying he's fat. Yeah, but he's that, solid. It just made me think of that when you said. That. Oh shit! <laughs> damn, that's yeah, a you shame. sound like a like that's somebody, a damn shame. Like my mom, when when your mom think, oh, you're not fat, baby. You just solid. You your bones. He's big boned. He's big boned. Big boned. Right. He's just big boned. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely NBA ready from what I've seen anytime. Hell yeah. Uh, anytime that a number 2 seed right. you know loses by over 30 in the first to the 4 seed. <laughs> to the 4 seed. So somebody that did the rankings didn't know what they was doing obviously. They didn't have a clue. Exactly. We could talk about culture vultures later. But um you know I I think definitely put him on an NBA um training program obviously I mean MB wasn't NBA ready from a physical standpoint when he was drafted and now look at him he's way different than what he was when he was drafted so I mean obviously he's got to slim down I mean that goes without saying I think an interesting question is for for Zion based on what we've seen I mean it's a small sample but what's his position in the NBA right and that's what I have a concern of what is he what is he going to be like yeah go ahead bro but now guys let's Let's not let's not forget though, right? We can't in today's NBA, right? Truth be told, from three to five, a three or four and a five can all be different shapes and sizes. 
because they all do different things than they did maybe 10 years ago. You know, so I don't think NBA has now become a positionless basketball. So that that may very well help him. But there is still there is still uh, concern or concentration on the position because who are you going to guard? That's really where it comes into play. Not not on the right. offensive yeah, end of the court, for the but it's on the defensive yeah. end. Because right. They, right. they got him listed at yeah. six seven. I think he's probably more so six five, six six. And if he's gonna play the three, guys can shoot over him. And if he's gonna play the two, somebody like a Victor Oladipo is probably gonna be able to blow by his ass. Yeah. So, oh, it's probably about it. Right. So let's not let's not just crown him because when we had Big Dog Tone Rob on the show, he asked about um, what's his name out there in L.A. with LeBron, Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Not Ingram. Ingram from back in the day, went to Kansas State. What the hell is his name? Oh, Beasley, Beasley. Oh, oh, Michael Beasley. Was he not phenomenal in college? He was. He was entertaining. He was a a, a, a joy to watch, and everybody thought he was going to instantly translate to the NBA. Didn't happen. Exactly I didn't, right. And this kid, I believe, is clearly more exciting, more talented than Beasley. But at the time, when we saw Beasley, we thought that, all right, this guy is going to automatically be a star. And it didn't translate. So let's not crown him. We got to look at certain things. Where's his release point on the shot? You know what I mean? How is he getting that shot off? So every, you got to look at the little things that's going to really make a big difference when he gets to the next level. Another point Tone I think made was the difference between Beasley and, and, and KD. I think this kid, they, they're, trying to, they're trying to put him closer to the KD side of things in terms of just yep. dominance in college. And I think that's a little too early to crown him that. You we know only what I'm saying? saw one game. It's only, it's only one game. I mean, you know, so I think we got to wait and we got to see if he's, is he more Beasley or is he more KD? That's something that we got to stay tuned like to watch. Mm. I like that. Well, that's that's, that's, like that's that. to be continued. You know, we would definitely be talking about Mr. Zion Williamson and Duke throughout the, the season, but the thing that everybody's got to be afraid of, if this is the team that you want to rank number four to begin the season with, and they beat number two the way they did, we might be yeah. watching gold, with the NBA and NCAA, we just crown them both. We know who's going to win because right. that is just scary to look at. They're the Golden State Warriors of the NCAA. I want to know what Calipari told Coach, said to Coach K when he whispered in his ear at the end. He probably said, like, yo, how could you meet the family's terms? Because I stopped at a million. <laughs> How'd he you said get you th- thought you could fuck with me, you fucking moolie. <laughs> <laughs> Maricon. <laughs> But, I mean, the one thing we did just touch on is with, with Zion, should he have to be in the NCAA? Because clearly it looks like he can make a living as a professional today. And because of right. the rules, he's got to be there at, at Duke. Now, we saw recently something that we touched on on our last episode with Mr. with Coach Harrigan was LeVar Ball. We spent a lot of time talking about LeVar. But recently we learned that LaMelo and Jello are, are ending that whole thing that they had going on in Lithuania. And uh, LaMelo was going to attend a high school in, in Ohio. And right. Jello was going to try to play in the G League. So if Jello's going to try to play in the G League, LaVar's league is over. 
Laval's pretty much about done. And we all saw that coming. We didn't know it was going to be this soon. So with that being the case, um, what do you all think about, is Laval done? Is he finished? I can't say that LeVar is done only because, you know, he's still got this this young high school prospect uh coming up. You know, if he had to if he had to rely on and I hate this name, Jello, right, then Lavar would be done. It'd be over. It'd be over. For for the guy for the biggest guy in the family and they call him Jello, not a good look, right? Change the perception. uh uh perception. Change his name. It's not good. You know, but um yeah, I, I think that uh, I think Levar still has a shot. You know, he still has a shot. But at any rate, when you I'm say he has a team. shot, what do you mean? As what? Because the league is over. Now, I mean, he's yeah. going to still be a, some kind of a fixture that everybody has to deal with. But I would yeah, have to believe his league is over. It's done. But he still has. A, I, I mean, he has a shot of still having another kid. That's going to be, uh, you know, that, that's going to that's going to make it to the league. Right. I think he still has a shot at that. He's just a dad you know, now. I, he's just a dad. Yeah, he's working close, okay. closer and closer to okay. solely being a dad. You know, he's he's in the. Uh, he, I can't compare him to Del Curry, but obviously, because Del Curry had a career and his sons are way more successful than his kids. But I mean, I think. At this point, the caricature and all the all the, all the audience that followed Levar outside of yeah. just following his kids, it's over, it's done, mm, and yeah. I think that's how it should be because I my only yeah, issue yeah. with Levar as a parent is and I and I don't criticize him too much as a parent because I think you got to rep your kids to the fullest. Mm-hmm. What I had a problem with Levar is when he wanted to spotlight on him more than his kids. Mm-hmm. It was like he yeah. was trying to relive his high school days or whatever like like you know I want to play Michael I would beat Michael Jordan one on one like shut up nigga like we don't <laughs> we don't we don't believe you nobody does like it became corny you know what I mean for me right so right. I think at this point you know he's just a dad he's in the stands where he should be and hopefully the youngest one does better than Alonzo right now who's no, averaging about 6 a game yeah they need that they definitely need that for sure but i mean right you know from what I read, apparently uh, Mello is not he, – he's possibly still eligible for college. No, nah, I think that's a question. Yeah, yeah they said they, they, there's loopholes with the Ball family saying that he never directly took any money. The sneakers that he had out, LeVar directly took the money. The money that mm-hmm. he may have gotten in Lithuania, they're going to say LeVar took the money. So he named right. the, the colleges that he is looking at, and it's a possibility he may end up being able to go to college. And we spoke a bit about this on the last show, and if that's the case, then all is right with the world and the Ball family. How Honestly, about that? Because, How about that? because, because wasn't at that doing point, he, shit he anyway. lost nothing. Right. Jello yeah, wasn't going to do He lost anyway. nothing. Exactly. And if he's still able to go to do Kentucky, uh, Michigan State, I think those are the teams that he named, then he got that experience overseas and he got to have a bit of an edge maybe, especially on these high school kids, clearly, 
and then maybe still so over some of these guys out there in the NCAA. And, and who knows? Maybe he goes straight to the NBA. That still remains to be seen. But if they're still able to get that kid into college, then LeVar had to clearly plan this out beforehand. And we got to give him a little bit of credit for that. A whole lot of credit. A whole right. lot of credit. Yeah, right. and, and, yeah and, and, and I think, you know, it, at this point, it's just a matter of how do things fall into place, right? So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Mm. And that's, that's the case. I think that's where LeVar is is almost falling into, right? So he, he had some some business ventures like that. I mean, we got to give him a hand just for being able to get those off the ground. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Look, he said it, he said it, and he actually went out there and he did it. He accomplished it. Right? right. So, right. you know, he, he, he gets a hand for that. And, and, and if the if uh, if Melo ends up making it to the league, well, then, hey, man, LeVar, kudos to you. Just go ahead, sit right. in the front seat, and relax. Mm. Relax, man. Watch your kids and enjoy them playing basketball. But Jello, Jello, <laughs> who we hate to refer to as that, he would have been better off right now at UCLA than playing for the LA Ballers of the Junior Basketball Association. Mm, right, that league is bankrupt. So that's where he's at. Yeah, he's 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 back home. Mm. <laughs> Soon to be with Ice Cube's league. Well, Gilly, holler at him. Maybe he can play with you on the Delaware Blue Coats. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Get him on the Delaware Blue Coats. Shit. <laughs> Bring him home. Bring yeah. him here. I mean. Honestly, he needs to get into real estate or something because he ain't, he is not a professional player. Yeah, he might be the accountant, like I was saying before. Who's counting the money? Maybe that's a, that'll be where he picks up at. Don't be Rob Kardashian. <laughs> well, well, look, he, he looks like he's a few cheeseburgers off of being Rob Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> cool out, Jello. Well, get that things? nigga on the juice diet. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that. You know, we spoke about it clearly is the G League. But something that, you know, Dante, I think you saw something recently about the WNBA. What was that? Yeah, so um, Washington Post actually came out with an article um, that really covered uh, Forbes. So Forbes magazine had a sports columnist, David Berry, who uh, was fired after uh, writing an article that basically compared WNBA player salaries to uh, the recent announcement by the NBA that increased the G League salaries for elite players to $125,000. What I didn't know, what I found interesting is that um, apparently, um, the WNBA salaries are like super low. Um, what I mean by that is, I think right now, to the current CBA and the, earlier this month, the WNBA um, Players Association opted out of it. But the salary ranges from as low as $39,000 to $115,000. And the NBA just announced that for elite high school players, they're going to pay them $125,000 starting in, I think, 2020. So to put that in comparison, um, you know, we're all familiar with Diana uh, Taurasi. So she made... She makes the most, right? She makes the most. She she makes makes $115,000. She made the most. But the reigning MVP, a woman by the name of Brianna Stewart, she earned about $57,000 this past year. She can play. And she can hoop. So the question became, you know, how how can an MVP of a professional league, although she, and, and she's a woman, mm-hmm. talking about gender equality and everything, you know, how can she earn $57,000? But an elite high school player in a G League, 
can earn one hundred and twenty five thousand. So there's a little inequality there from a from a payment or a wage scale. Um, but back to the article, apparently the NBA um, has some issues with this uh, uh, this article. You know, they disputed certain facts and everything, and they basically put up put some pressure on Forbes. And eventually, this gentleman was relieved of his job as a, mm. as a columnist. Now, mm. I think his day to day job he's a economics professor at a university, right. and the, and, the, and he focuses on sports. So his position was he felt that he was very knowledgeable about these topics. And when you talk about the numbers I just right. talked about, they obviously speak uh, uh, for themselves. For themselves, so um, to me it was interesting because we always view, you know, socially we always look at the NBA different than the NFL. You know, the NBA was very influential out there when they um, they pulled out of the the All Star game in Charlotte when the state, you know, obviously had an issue with um, the bathrooms when it comes to transgenders and everything like that. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they care about certain things that is headline news when it comes to transgender bathrooms. But when you're talking about um, equal pay for women's rights, it's a little bit of a different tune. Well, you know what? Me and you spoke about this offline and I thought it was perfect timing because guess who I was with last weekend? A week ago today, two WNBA players. It sounds like a hell of How a night. How about that? <laughs> Well, Sounds like a hell of a party. <laughs> well, one of them is is Willenborough's finest, Miss Crystal Langhorn. We all know well. Round of applause. Round of for applause for Crystal Langhorn. State champ, college champ, WNBA champ. Absolutely, ten year career, beautiful thing. So we at the rooftop at Marvin's. If anybody's in DC or has been in DC, you know Marvin's is a great spot. To go hang out at, especially if you want to go into a rooftop. Named after the legend himself. Mr. Marvin Gaye, the one and only, the greatest soul singer of all time. Facts. Facts. So, I'm up there on the rooftop with with, with Crystal Langhorn, and then there was another um, player there, Marissa Coleman, who played with Crystal at Maryland, and she played for the Liberty today. So, they didn't know that I was... I was coming in with an interview. This this was going to be an interview. Like they didn't know. They they thought I was probably trying to holler at them and shit. But no, this was this was a full fledged interview. I'm buying drinks for everybody because that's what I do. And they probably thought I was trying to holler. At them. I don't know if I'm their type. I don't know. <laughs> you mean you're not tall enough? I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I may not be the type. I don't know. I don't know. Height restriction. <laughs> Maybe it's a height restriction. But uh, right. Skila. <laughs> but you know, we got a, we had a really good conversation because you know a lot of things you're talking about with that Forbes magazine. So I'm talking to them and they're like, Well the NBA is only responsible for four WNBA teams. There's only four teams that are affiliated with the NBA. So that was a head scratcher to me because I always thought that the NBA backed the WNBA. But right. after talking to them and then doing some research, there's only four teams that the NBA is affiliated with. In 2002, the NBA sold off the WNBA franchises to third parties and they held on to some of the larger market teams. But all the others were sold off to third party uh, entities or owners where 
Now you look at it from that perspective. The NBA is not responsible for how much these girls are getting paid. Right? Hmm. I mean, why would they be responsible outside of those four affiliate teams? And then say you're the New York Liberty and you're affiliated with it. You can't pay those girls a half a million dollars and the rest of them are making 50. You can't do that. There's no incentive to do There's that. There's no incentive From a to business standpoint. Right. So looking at it from that perspective is very interesting because for one, I was shocked that if the NBA is not back in the WNBA, how are they still... How are they still surviving today? See, my issue is I don't believe any of that shit. So from a mm, from uh, from you a, don't believe that the NBA. I mean, from what I read in two thousand two, they sold off most of the franchise. You don't believe that that's true. Here's my red flag. From what I've seen out there, and and I think this was one of the headlines out there from when earlier this month they pulled out of the CBA agreement um, that I think was set to expire in a couple of years. WNBA players are saying that they've never seen the books. So just from a business mm. standpoint, how can a league that's been around for 20 plus years, I think 22 to be exact, how can you survive if your claim is that you never turned a profit ever? So who said they didn't yeah. see the books? The players. Why would the players? Is that a thing? The players are able to see the financial books? Yeah, I don't know that. Not necessarily yeah. the players should see Yeah, I think I the mean, players' union should at least have access to it. Oh, okay, man, and I think that's where okay. the right. dispute is. Some The players' union, I think, is claiming they didn't. And the, NBA's, and the WNBA front office is claiming that they shared it with them. But not, nonetheless, the question still is, how can a league survive for 22 years without um, having a profit? Mm. That doesn't you know, make I, I sense to me. I agree with that. That, um, that seems a little interesting. Right. You know, it kind of goes back um, to the jokes um, that we've heard. Um, like like people say with the Kanye rollout of these seven seven track albums, you know, how are all these people flying to Wyoming? You know what I'm saying? Who's paying for that? You know, you got to be able to right. see the books to understand why you're not being paid. I mean, for comparison, I think the NBA... Um, out of all the revenues that are produced in the NBA, I think 50% of that goes back to the players. Um, in comparison, only 20% goes back to the WNBA players. So that's mm. at least mm. a little bit of a discrepancy. But I think to Tsu's earlier point, um, if the NBA isn't in fact uh, wholly owned in it, then, then, then it's not really the NBA's responsibility. My question is, why did the NBA sell out of it? And, and that's an interesting point as well, because most of these... Um, most of the wealth that these leagues build is off of the TV contract. So right. the TV contract, I believe, for the WNBA has to be with ESPN, right? Or is yeah. it NBC? Yeah. Yeah. I think NBC that's like Silver? recently a thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I would think that money would trickle down to the players if it was lucrative enough. And maybe it's not. I don't know. But if the NBA is affiliated with four teams, let's just go off of what we know right. from from players that are in the league as well as reports that we've seen mm-hmm. is that the NBA mm-hmm. distanced himself and sold off franchises in 2002. When it first started, it was fully backed by the NBA. And today, mm-hmm. it no longer is. So the argument of the G League players getting the 125, you got to throw that out the window because the NBA would have... They'd have no influence on what you're getting paid as a WNBA basketball player, right? Right. So you have to throw that argument out the window. And if that is the case, maybe we need to look at a little bit more who owns these franchises in the, uh, the WNBA 
what are they receiving as a, you know, what is influencing them or incentivizing to, to continue on? Maybe it's the advertising dollars they get because you're still going to get Sprite. You're still going to get uh, State Farm probably wanting to give you advertising dollars to promote, you know, a, a league that's prominent for females. Maybe that's where they, they, they realize most of their profits. But still, so here's another thing, though. Also, uh, right? Be, not to cut you off, but so maybe, right? Because I can't see, uh, uh, you know, sixteen owners, right, not turning profits for twenty years and still running a business. That that just not that it's not logical. That just doesn't happen, right. right? So there's no way there's no way that the owners aren't making money. So maybe what I'm thinking is, and I don't know this to be true, but that the owners are making money on the doors. Right, so whatever they may be pulling in at the stadiums. Hold on, hold on. The, the doors. Just ticket sales, the games he's talking about? Have you yeah. guys seen what the, the crowd looks like for a WNBA game? Right, but but have, not, yeah, but... Have you seen it? Right, but the people that come in, they also spend money <laughs> in the arena, too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not standing remote. We, we might have more listeners than they have... <laughs> Yeah, you know, up straight Crystal Langhorn, and now you're tearing everything she's doing down. All no, right. I got nothing but love and respect for Crystal Langhorn, but she's got to go overseas to make her money. Nah, but you know what though? That's it's true. It wasn't always like that though. What? When it first, when that league first started. That's that was that was the initial hoopla though. Once that died down, then what you got? Right. I think the marketing right. dollars slowed up in that league before. I think the marketing dollars may be the only thing that keeps it afloat. I don't know if they're going to still throw happen. money at it. I don't know if they're spending any money on the league though, like marketing wise. Like I don't see. No, any... I just I just mean as far as the other corporations, right? Throwing right. money just the at money the money that they may be um, making from the advertising, I mean? right? And it's not trickling down yeah. maybe to the players. And that's the only thing I can think of of why an owner would still want to be involved. Because when we look at the attendance, it's not there. It's empty seats. And, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm going to say this. The most purest game of basketball yeah. is high school, college, and any form of women's basketball. It's right. the purest form right. of basketball. So I'm not trying to shit on the WNBA. We just want to figure out what the relationship is with the NBA with this G League thing and why these girls can't get paid more because I think Dante what you said in that article for that Forbes article what he really wanted to try to say was if these girls got paid more maybe they'd be more intrigued because if this girl is now getting paid $500,000 I need to see why she's that she's worth that amount yeah it's a lack of exposure right like I remember this might have been high school time like I think Cheryl Swoops had a sneaker you know not that any of us was rocking was the Jordan. air swoops. It was but a Jordan. It was, it was an air Jordan swoops. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's the last time I ever remember from a branding standpoint, a female with a sneaker. Right. And at some point, um, you know, I think the NBA, for whatever reason, lost interest and they sold out of it. And now I think the only thing you hear is the commissioner saying, well, we're still invested in the league. That's why we're letting them use our name. Like, that's a fake mm. cosign. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. that's, that's not real. That's not real at all. So I'm curious, you know, back to the G League discussion. I'm pretty damn sure, Ron, check my temperature on this. 
I don't think the G League's making a profit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would, I would. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a fact. You can, you can put it as a <laughs> fact, a fact, right? Put that, you can stamp, yeah. cement that as a fact. <laughs> so if the G League's not making a profit, and from everything that has been public, is the commissioner saying it's, saying it's hard to start a business from the ground up, but clearly they're vested in the G League with their recent announcement, then I think there's more, to, there's, there's, some, there's more to be invested on with this WNBA NBA relationship, right? There's, but now here's but here's 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 the difference though, right? So, number one, it costs absolute. If if we say that it costs nothing, right, to run the WNBA, well, then it costs absolutely motherfucking nothing to run the G League, right? You already have a big sponsor in Gatorade, hence the reason why they changed the name. It makes sense for the NBA to dump money there. Why? Because that's essentially that's your farm league. That's your farm league. So, you know, if you have a if, if you're running in if you're running an AAU program, right, and you have your, your varsity your J V, well you're gonna spend money on your J V team. Why? Because you know, so so from from the NBA standpoint, yes, you put money into the G League because that's what's getting ready to make you more money next year or two years, which will then go to the next ten years. Right, right. So, you know, so I think it's a, I think it's a very different, uh, it's a very different argument. There isn't money in in women's basketball, hence the reason why most of them go overseas to 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 make their money. You know, and they're playing in Siberia. Right. So we'll keep keep an eye on this. You know, I think it's an interesting topic. Definitely kinda, something we're gonna follow. Yeah, we want to try to connect the dots on everything that's going on. And Crystal and and Marissa both said they would come on the show. So I'm gonna hold you to that. We want y'all to come right. on the show. We want y'all to talk about this in depth. And and, and <laughs> me and, and and WNBA players on the rooftop of Marvin's going at it about LeBron. So we'll t- we'll talk about that. Hopefully, when they come on the show, we on the rooftop at each other's throats about your king, LeBron mm. James. Not my king, your king. But it was, it we was might a good do time. that podcast from the rooftop. <laughs> it was a good time, though. Uh, so, shout out to Chris Langhorn. Shout out to Larissa Coleman, the WNBA. You got nothing but love and respect for you. Absolutely. Get your check, ladies. Indeed. So now we want to we want to lighten the mood. This is one of our favorite segments. We got a lot of good feedback about this particular segment, and that's the sucker or OG move. So we're going to provide a scenario. We're going to talk about you know, you know what we've seen in the past from a particular situation, and then we're going to stamp it a sucker move, or we're going to stamp it an OG move. So the first one that we got up. Is recently we heard Mr. Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Haven't heard that name in a while, have ja- we? Jamarcus. Ron, what we think about Jamarcus, man? Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's get it out first. So apparently, the 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 quarterback coaches, the quarterback coaches, Max Russell, the quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators <laughs> and everything out in, in 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 Oakland when he was with the Raiders. They would give him tapes and they would tell him to go home, watch the tapes, let us know, you know, what you looked at, how you dissected it, come back to us tomorrow with a debrief. So Jamarcus would come back and say, yeah, I watched the tapes, 
I watched how the, the defense was breaking things down. I saw I watched, how that safety watched, was rolling to I the watched, middle. I watched coverages, all those good things. But apparently, when they gave those tapes to Jamarcus, they were blank. There was nothing <laughs> on the tapes. You so big Jamar- dummy. Jamarcus took the tapes, went home, put on Pornhub and smoked some weed. He didn't watch the damn tapes. But he came Not back damn telling, the, telling the team what he reviewed. Because they knew he was full of shit. Now, at the same time, that's kind of slick. That's kind of <laughs> slick. Because they gave Jamarcus about $80 million. He was good either way. He didn't give a fuck. But is that a sucker move? Or is that an OG move? Ron Voyage, what you think? Man, look. So I'm going to flip the perspective. The hell with snacks. The sucker or OG move, it's the OG move for the Oakland damn Raiders. They the OG. <laughs> Guess what? Look here, you big dummy. We're going to give you these blank tapes, and we know that your country bumpkin ass is going to come back to us, and you're going to lie. That's what you're going to do. You're going to come back, and you're going to lie. And you know what he did? Just like a nigga. Came back and lied. Every damn week. Relax. And that's why he's sitting at home eating cheeseburgers right now. Hey, Donald Trump, relax on on the just like a nigga Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad. Social. Social equality. Guess what? But to wrap it up, it's a damn, it's an OG move. Shout out to the Oakland Raiders. But guess what? They're getting karma right now, ain't they? So, all right. Clearly, it's an OG move by the Raiders. So, you're saying it's a sucker move by Jamarcus. That's what you're saying? I'm saying fuck snacks. It's an OG move by the Raiders. Snacks got bit. That's what happened. Dante, sucker uh, move, OG move. For the Raiders? No, for Jamarcus. Uh, clearly, it's OG move by the Raiders. There's no, that's not even. <laughs> I don't think it's an OG move by the Raiders. Actually, I, I think it's OG. I think it's a sucker move. You paying him all the millions, and you gonna do some bullshit like that to prove a point? Hold him accountable. <laughs> all right, that's. Well, then focus on Jamarcus. Sucker move, OG move. Oh, man. Sucker move, man. It's a sucker move. It's only one way for Jamarcus, man. So, you you blew your opportunity sipping on a scissor about that time. Man. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe I'm just a lazy-ass sleep-and-eat nigga, as Ron Voyage would call me. But I think it's an OG move. It's an OG <laughs> move. He got $80 million. I ain't got to do shit for y'all white motherfuckers. He don't got that $80 million no more. <laughs> Maybe maybe he got twenty. He's still all right. I'm saying it's an OG move. I ain't want to play anyway. I'm fucking coming back to y'all saying that. Hey, yeah, I watched it. Them niggas is covered with a cover two, and I know where I gotta go to <laughs> over the middle with the ball when they're coming with the cover two. Shit, you can play Madden. He played Madden. That's what he did. He went home and played Madden and said, "Yeah, I watched the tape." He was hanging out with Bubba Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Both nothing, nothing. You can't take away Chuck's cool factor. He wasn't fucking with Jamarcus. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't fucking with no damn Jamarcus. Fair point. <laughs> so no, at the end of the day, no bullshit. I was just playing. That's a sucker move, Jamarcus. Get it together. Stop fucking right. playing people after they fucking invested in you. <laughs> 
But let's go to the next topic. Uh, our favorite ex-con, Khloe Kardashian's father, Mr. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently went out for Halloween, dressed up as a gynecologist. Your neighborhood gynecologist. Your neighborhood gynecologist. For the ladies. Are you ready for your exam? <laughs> Saying he's killing the pussy is what he's saying. So, is that a sucker move <laughs> on OJ? I mean, OJ has been taunting white America for years after he was pretty much he was well entrenched into their community, into their culture. The fact that he continues to taunt them is that a sucker move? So let's put this move? in perspective. This is OJ who, all right, let's be honest, got away with murder. Ran down on niggas and went to jail and did a little time for it over some, over some like trophy paraphernalia shit. For stealing back his trophies. And now he's on IG in a in a in a physician's uniform as your neighborhood gynecologist. For me, man, that's OG. <laughs> that's so OG. Like. Not too many people can live that freely and not give a fuck, man. I gotta give an OG move for OJ or, or Renthrow, the bus driving murderer. James. <laughs> so that's you saying that's OG move. Round Voyage, what you got? Nigga, you can't spell OJ without an OG. You tell me he's a fucking OG. Facts. Big <laughs> facts. Right. Wow. You can't spell gynecologist without the O wow. order. All right. You know, oh, I see what you did there. Telling. You see what I did there, right? right? You didn't even have to think about it. OJ is continuously telling all y'all busters to kiss my ass. The juice is loose. Ass. Go get a job. Yeah. The juice, is, the juice is loose. I'm never working another day in my life, and I'm going to do things on my terms. So deal with it, nigga. Deal with it. I'm, so, yeah, I'm, you know what? Movement. I'm going to stand for the OG move as well because, you know, whether he did it or not, we don't know. But well, we, he said he did. But we Watch do. the show. I did. <laughs> but it's a lot of innocent black people that have been killed by the hands of whites for years. So, Nicole Brown, we miss you. No disrespect. But it's an OG move. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not touching that. I'm not yeah. touching that neither, Ron. We innocent from that one. Hey. Yeah. Fuck that. Shout out. Shout out to the other nigga that died, nah, too. Shout out to Emmett Till, nigga. How about that? Facts. Fuck you, man. Facts. Shit. If the Jews got away with it, how many times have it happened to us? Shouts to the mm. Jews. Rest in peace, Trayvon. Uh. Fuckers. Yeah, I mean, let's put it in you perspective. Are <laughs> it ain't no savage. <laughs> For us, <laughs> by us, nigga. All right. On the low. <laughs> Shout out to LL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Yo, you know what? Yeah. Here's a, here's a, and just a quick little sidebar, and then we're going to jump right back into it. Nigga, that might be the illest OG move of all mm, time. How about it? It was. A whole nother Illest brand OG that they didn't even move. know about. Gap didn't, didn't even know. Even know. Yeah, shouts to LL. Didn't even know he was wearing it in their commercial. Shouts to LL. Shouts to LL. That's the that's the yo that that's the epitome of an OG move. Indeed, indeed. 
It's but, a shame mm. that the young brothers didn't follow those blueprints that LL was giving them because Bow Wow should be in a whole different place right now. LL left him the blueprint of which how you can continue to eat in this game, and Bow Wow did not follow Bow that. Bow Wow, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, Bow Wow. Word. <laughs> y'all, ain't, y'all don't see the vision? Movies, rap, clothing. Nigga, Will Smith took the blueprint. What the fuck, Bow Wow got to do with it? Well, Will Smith was. Right. <laughs> But the point is, Bow Wow is on VH1 right now doing whatever. Yeah, right, because he's, he's extra. Nobody wants to deal with that nigga. And he, he he had all the opportunities. Let's get back into it. Let's get back into right. the final scenario. LL's the OG. Let it go. <laughs> final scenario that we got here. The most recently, <laughs> most recently, there was the big fight with the Lakers and the Houston Rockets. Is that what it was? And there was a huge fight. Um, I want to say that Chris Paul said that Rondo spit on him. Is that what happened? Did Rondo, yeah, yeah, Rondo that's what they said. But I guess it was a fake spit is what Rondo did. And that kind of sparked off the whole fight that happened between the Rockets and the Lakers. So is the, the situation with Rondo you fake spit on somebody I've never heard of that before I've never heard of that neither I mean but you know nah. Rondo got a Rondo had a nice little left cross I think it was a left cross maybe it was a right cross I can't remember it was right a now. left it, it was, was a left. left it was left it was a left so he whether he faked it or not he wasn't playing at the end of the day but is that a second move OG movie you gonna fake spit on somebody I mean what, what is that yeah and, and just and just for the record, right, so the reason why I was saying a fake spit is because when you look at the video, right, it was like a, am turning my face and I'm going to spit at you and then kind of walk off. It wasn't I'm going to look you in your eyes and let you know that I'm getting ready to fully disrespect you. But Chris Paul had to know, That's did you get spit on or not, nigga? Like, what? I don't understand, like, why he was so upset. Did he spit on you or not? You would know, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I'm going to call, I'm going to just be, yo, I'm calling Ron, I'm calling it a sucker move, man. Sucker move? Calling it a sucker move. Yeah, I think it's a sucker move, man. If if you wanted to, if you wanted all that sauce, hey, man, look him in his eyes and let him know, just so you know, man, I'm getting ready to shower your whole life right now. Mm. And then you go ahead and you spit in his face. And then after <laughs> that, then, 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 then let's go ahead and go. The only, I'm going to call it. For me, like for me to expand it a little bit, I think it was a sucker move for Ron. I mean, I don't. I'm. We from a different era, man. We don't understand the fake spit shit like that. That's just corny. Right. So as a as man, law would tell you that's corny. So we we could just go past Rondo. I'm gonna say it's a sucker move for Chris Paul too, because nigga, if you feel spit on your face. The hands gotta fly. Like he was trying to like yoke him up or mush him or whatever he was right, trying he to do. He he wasn't prepared for combat. Yeah. The only uh, <laughs> OG move in that whole situation was Brandon Ingram. You gotta let them things um, fly, blindside right. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You gotta oh no no no! Hold on then. How do we feel about? Because they brought it up on national sports media. LeBron's behavior in that moment is that a sucker move or OG? Because what he did was come in and grab Chris Paul and try to save his buddy. He wasn't riding for his team. Is that a sucker move? That's the real question. Is that a sucker mm. move or is an OG move saying I'm above it and I'm going to try to protect my friend? Or should he have got down with his team? I'm going to say that's an OG, OG move. OG move. 
Wow. That's, that's an OG, OG move. move. I mean, I, that's my man. I've been this in, is, yo, this is my man. Y'all how many times are we on the court and you my man? We going at it. Coach Jason Harrigan, who we had on the podcast last time, pushed me in a game before. He pushed me. <laughs> Right in the back on a fast break. Let it go. We were going at it though. No, it it's go. all good. We were competing. Oh, we competing. All right, I was about to say, damn, nigga, you forgave AI. No, <laughs> right. It's all good because we competing. <laughs> yeah, nah. I think it's a sucker move what Brown did. You supposed to, you supposed to be rocking with your team. Of Tell course, them motherfuckers that's to, our king. Nah, that's your king, right? You supposed to be staying back from my guys. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not protecting. But you and Jason guys. wouldn't have fought though. No, but we he still pushed me. I was on the opposite side. We made up right after the coaches was going at it. We made up after the fact. So he was supposed to fake push Chris Paul in that? What was he supposed to do? No, I'm saying he should have not been holding his man, his best friend or whatever, the opposite, the ops, as they say. That's the ops. He's grabbing him up, telling him, chill, homie. No. You should be with your guys and be like, yo, keep those motherfuckers away from my guys. He turned into a hip-hop historian. That's what he was doing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Don't get me started on that. So that one is, that, that scenario is kind of all over the place. For me, LeBron's a sucker. Honestly, all them niggas are suckers in that shit. Fuck all that. Sucker move bingo, across bingo. the board. Sucker move yeah. across the board. Play basketball, make your millions, and, right. and, and cut the shit. Right. But the one last thing that we got to mention, and there's no question about this one. It ain't about no sucker. It ain't about no OG. It's just about being a sucker. Ray Carruth got out a couple of weeks ago. He killed his baby mother. He had a hit put out on his baby moms. He did 20 years, and he just got out. And then he wants custody. Now, no, no, let's let's get it. Let's let, let, let me let me wind the tape on that one. She was pregnant with his child. That's why he wanted her. Dead. That's why he wanted her gone. The child survived, but he's a special needs child. So he gets out twenty years later, acting as if he wants custody of the child after he had the mother killed in an assassination. He should have never been allowed out. After some bullshit like that. He's a straight sucker. So there's no no debate about that one. We're not going to go back and don't forth. Even, you don't even need to ask us. Yeah. You spoke for us right there. We're Facts. not going back and forth about That's right. that. Fuck Mr. him. Ray Carruth, you a sucker. And if anybody sees him on the street, you should let him know he's a sucker. Don't fake spit in his face. Spit in his motherfucking face. Smack his koofy off. Smack his fucking koofy. Because mm. he probably did turn Muslim. That's what chair. I saw. In the cut. <laughs> he had that was out. actually he had real talk. <laughs> Of course, he if I went to jail, I'd be Muslim too. That's how it works, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, we're coming to an end, another great episode. Again, we appreciate all the listeners. My man, Joel Moorefield, listening and riding with every episode. We appreciate you, brother. Christian Martinez sending me the support, saying how much you love the show. Everybody else is out there. Anybody else y'all know that's listening? Oh, man, consistently I get very lengthy feedback from a few folks. I'm going to shout out Mike Sims and Reggie Sims, oh. uh, consistent listeners and homies and, and brothers from, from kids. Uh, Ron, who you want to shout out? Uh, shoot, I'm definitely shouting out B-Way. He's listening. He's checking in with Absolutely. me every week, letting me know what's Absolutely. going on. Um, you know, so 
we we just gonna keep doing what we do, man. Absolute keep doing what we do. Let it keep building. Promise for for pumping the show. Yes. Everybody go check out his his apparel line. Con, a con Back space. in Brooklyn. Shout out to Back shout out Brooklyn. to Mar- shout out to Mar- homie Markel. He was on episode two. If you need an Airbnb in DC, let us know. We got you lined up. Oh, how about it? Hit yep. the DM. Hey, Lahouse Hollywood. I see you. Yeah. All right. Well, either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the huddle. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. No doubt. Peace, gang.